Hello and welcome to You Contain Multitudes. On this podcast, we'll explore what it means to intentionally love, live, and succeed on your own terms, while exploring many of the things that make being on this planet so spectacularly interesting. You deserve an existence that fulfills upon your wildest dreams. Why? Well, simply because you contain multitudes. Let's talk relationship code words. Oh my gosh, this is one of my favorite little tools because it's it's sort of a way to gamify your relationships. This works really, really well in romantic partnerships. Um, I'm sure you could do it in other relationships as well though, like whether it's like a housemate situation or a family relationship, siblings, friends, But what code words are is they are designed to help pattern interrupt something that's happening that is hard for one or both people in the connection. So I'll give you a couple examples. So um, a few years ago, I was dating this gentleman who we would be holding hands and his hands would start to get hot and overheated. And it wasn't comfortable for him. And he would, we would be holding hands and like, I'd be going along, la, la, la. And then he would like shake his hand and, and untangle from me and just say, I don't want to hold your hand anymore. At least that's how it felt. You know, I just felt sort of like discarded. And right, like on the one hand, you get to be comfortable. <laughs> you get to be comfortable. And so that's like a super valid thing. It's like not wanting to hold hands anymore. On the other hand, my experience of it was rejection. And so while I could intellectually understand, of course, this person doesn't like they need to be free to not hold hands when they don't want to hold hands and they need to not worry about disappointing me. They need they need for that to not be a big thing. Totally get it. I would also have an experience of feeling rejected and discarded. And so I was like, I got a tool for this. So I said, hey, could we introduce a code word that allows that allows us to both come together in that moment so that I don't feel rejected and you still get your needs met, right? Win-win. I still feel cared for and you still get to have the freedom to not have to be doing something physically you don't want to be doing. And so the code word I came up with was plot twist. And so this came to mean usually, I think we only ever use it for physical stuff, right? So if we were snuggling or um, cuddled up in bed or holding hands or like had our legs intertwined under a table at a restaurant, something like that, um, the code word was plot twist and either one of us could say it. And what it meant was I'm going to change up our physical scenario and And it worked so well, right? Because we both knew what it meant. We agreed on what it meant. And so when it was implemented, it was like, all right, we're like, we're jumping into this moment together and we're on the same team. And so moving forward, like we would be holding hands, be walking, walking down the road and he would say plot twist. And I'd be like, what are we doing? And he would say, he's like, I'm going to put my arm around your shoulder instead. And I was like, okay, cool. Or he would be like, I don't want to hold hands anymore. And I'd be like, all right, cool. Because I, because I was prepared that we were going to be shifting things up. And yes, you might be like, oh, like, but holding hands is such a small thing. Sure. And in relationships, if there's a little thing like that, where one partner, me, for example, 
is feeling rejected over and over again, and they feel like they just have to deal with it, that's that's just kind of a low vibe, non-creative space to be, right? That is not we're in this together. That's you deal with your shit and I'll be here if and when you get better, right? Like, and and I don't know if you've picked up on this yet listening to these episodes, but I'm kind of only available for the win-win-win. Um, I think this also is really in a line with the analogy that I love for relationship where a relationship is a garden and there's little weeds and sometimes there's like trees that need to be cut down. But if you don't take care of the little weeds, eventually the garden will get overgrown. And so I would really encourage you, one is if you don't like gardening, don't be trying to be in a relationship. Yeah, look for somebody that loves gardening. If you're not in a relationship and you're looking, don't look for somebody that's like, ugh, why do I have to weed all the time? Why do I always have to like tend to this relationship? Look for somebody that's like, oh my God, if I just get in there and like weed a little bit for 15 minutes every Sunday, our garden looks so good. Like what? Like somebody's like, oh, all I have to do is give this like water and sunlight and a little bit of weeding and it's the most gorgeous garden ever, right? Like that's, that's what you should be looking for. Another example of a code word is one that my father and his partner practice, which I really, really love. And their code word is straight talk. And what straight talk means for them is uh, that there's something that one of them is afraid to bring up with the other person. And it's something that that they don't want to say. Uh, And so therefore, it's something that they've agreed that they must say, that they must bring it to the relationship. They must trust the relationship. They must trust each other and bet on each other to come into those conversations and find find one another and find love and compassion and creativity it, when it's the most scary to do. Um, and so these are conversations about like, they're both um, older, they both have kids. So this is a conversation they might have around, uh, let's say conflict arose with one of us kids or talking about moving closer to one of the sets of kids or further away from, right? Like things that might have an impact or might even challenge the viability of the relationship, right? That's why it's scary. It's because like they're scared to lose each other, let's say. Or they are not, I'm not saying they are. I'm saying that bringing up a topic might tickle that part of them that's afraid that the other person won't keep choosing them. And so what straight talk means to them, this, and again, they've agreed on what it means. They know they're both on, they're both like, yes, let's use this code word. When we use it, this is what it means. This is how we've agreed to show up. When they invoke straight talk, it means kind of no matter what else is going on, I need you to bring all of you. They don't use it lightly. They And so the other person knows that if, the, if, if I'm saying straight talk, I'm scared. I know that this might be challenging for one or both of us. And so it's kind of like all hands on deck, all the energy, all the presence, all the love, all the compassion, all the curiosity. Um, this is, I'm going to ask you to lean in, even though what we're going to talk about is scary. So I love that code word. That code word's awesome. And then a one that came up on a relationship dojo call yesterday, which was really cool, is um, there's a couple in the dojo. And my favorite people to work with are people who love each other, who have a either good relationship or a history of a good relationship. But they're, they're noticing things that are not supporting them to grow that are not supporting them to grow or not supporting them to really choose each other like freely and 
with love, right? Like maybe resentment or frustration or disappointment or hurt, like maybe some ruptures happened, but they're, but they are still really wanting to choose each other and are like, and we're, we're hitting the limit of the tools and awarenesses we have. So they came in and they had had a conversation that morning about a budget and they're familiar enough with attachment theory. So Uh, There's one person in the couple um, has identified that they have an avoidant attachment adaptation. And so what someone with an avoidant avoidant attachment adaptation will do is they usually need space in order to feel themselves, in order to hear their own thoughts. Um, And that could be energetic space. It could be physical space. Um, because what someone with an avoidant attachment adaptation experiences when they're, when they're, when they are, um, they can feel bombarded or overwhelmed by other people's wants and needs. So in this example, they had a, a budgetary conversation where one of them wanted to go to an experience that had come up last minute and she came to, to him, the person with the avoidant att- attachment adaptation and you know, said, Hey, I know that this is, I know that this was unplanned for it. So like if, if it doesn't work for our budget, no problem. But I'm, I'm wondering if, if we can make this work for me to go to this yoga retreat. And he's working on sort of body mapping right now and starting to like learn what his own internal signs and signals and cues are. But basically he was already sort of like close to feeling maxed out. And then she brought this to him and the unconscious program that came up, the software program that came up was, I don't want to disappoint her. I love her. I don't want her. I don't want to tell her no, because I don't want that to turn into conflict. And so, so he popped out and started, (laughs) I love this. It's just like, so so he starts talking about like economic theories of, you know, trying to get everybody to rent everything and not own anything. And she's sitting there going like, what is happening? (laughs) Like, and, and so knowing what I know, I was like, oh, this is him trying to take space. This is him popping out of his body, popping out of the fear of hurting his partner and into this sort of high level thought space, right? popping into ideas, right? Very non-corporeal, right? He's coming into this idea space instead of being in the moment uh, with his partner. And, And what was really interesting is as this thing unfolded is that I said, okay, so what would you need in order to feel safe telling your partner no, right? So, so we can re we can reverse engineer what's going on where, He's popping out because he doesn't feel safe. So instead of judging the popping out thing, which is sort of more symptomatic than it is the, the issue, it's like how we got to map what kind of safety would need to happen. So I asked him, he said, I would need her to reassure me that, that she wants my truth, that she wants what's true, even if it's a no. And I was like, okay, cool great, that's awesome that we know that what would help you say no is if your partner were to reassure you. And it sounds like your partner did reassure you, but it didn't sink in. So let's take one further step back in the reverse engineering. What would need to happen in order for him to hear the reassurance? 
If you're loving the show, but haven't subscribed yet, what are you waiting for? Hit subscribe so that new episodes are delivered right into your podcast queue. That way you'll never miss a beat. So what I asked is I said, hey, when you're feeling the this pressure, right, of these things that, that you're having to manage, uh, whether it's like work or your part, like just her coming in and asking the question is adding pressure. And eventually, hopefully we'll get to a point where um, he has enough self-awareness to be like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling a lot of pressure. I'm going to go take a walk, kind of like empty out a little bit so that I can be present in this conversation with you. But he hasn't cultivated that level of self-awareness yet. So he was already feeling pressure from other demands of life. And then his partner comes in and adds another ingredient of pressure. And so I asked him, I said, does this, does, does these things that are pulling on your attention, does it feel like noise in your body? Does it feel energetically noisy in your body? And he was like, oh my God, yes. And I was like, okay, cool. So if you're already feeling noisy in your body, my suspicion is you're probably not going to hear much of anything. No matter how, like what amazing epic communication tools I give your partner that for her to support you. And so we came up with a code word and the code word was noise check. And so, and this is something that both of them can't, could play with. So for him, I gave him the homework of like, I want you to start just doing noise checks on your own. I want you to do a noise check when you're brushing your teeth. I want you to do a noise check when you're at work. I want you to do a noise check when you're on a walk with the dog. I want you to do a noise check when you're going to the bathroom. I want you to do a noise check when you are like out um, at a bar with friends so that he can start to note, start noticing what's going on inside his body. Because right now his part, if he's not aware of the pressurization that's happening in him, his partner's a little bit damned if she does, damned if she doesn't. And also I said, you know, what it could can she have permission to also noise check you to say like, Hey, noise check before I, there's something I want to talk about, but I want to do a noise check first to make sure that like you're in a space to hear me and have capacity. So on a scale of one to 10, you know, where are you at? And it's like, okay, if he's a nine in his like noise, noiseometer, this is not the time to bring up a conversation about like funds. That might like historically be triggering or this is not a time to um, talk about like like what hurt feelings but it can be like okay like there's something i'd like to talk with you about and um it would be it's like important to me so i'd really love it if you could check in with me later today after you either like find yourself at a lower level where you can interact with me in like a healthy loving collaborative way or my request is that you do whatever self-practices you need to do in order for us to meet in that conversation and so now they have a code word that will ideally right like it will ideally be this thing so like the noise check is is she's already cultivated some of this stuff she's already cultivated some of this self check-in stuff and so this code word is something we're putting in so that one he can he can cultivate this within himself but also because if he can cultivate this they'll stop having conversations when it doesn't really work for them so they'll stop having the breakdown where like his wounds trigger her wounds trigger his wounds trigger her wounds 
And what it'll start to do is it'll start to move these complex conversations in, into um, moments when they have both have more capacity. They will start to feel more seen. They will start, and when they feel more seen, they will feel safer. When they feel safer, they will feel more loved. When they feel more loved, they will feel more possibility and collaboration, like, like they're on the same team. So this is really the power of code words. A couple notes on if you're like, oh, I want to do a code word. One is the code word has to have a good energy to it. Um, so you'll notice like it's plot twist. Uh, it's not, <laughs> it was like plot twist. Um, straight talk has a, gra a gravitas to it. Um, noise check is very sort of like benign. So you want to make sure that the energy of the code word also connects you to the energy of where you want to move because other so that so that it like actually has so let me let me try to think of a code word that would be like like so maybe a code word that wouldn't go very well would be like unsafe so i'm not i'm not totally clear what that example would be right but maybe if like a partner tends to feel unsafe psychologically or emotionally with their partner and they're and if they were like my code like my code word is i'm feeling unsafe I could really imagine that in the other partner who is trying to show up for them, that could cause like a lot of shame and shutdown. And then it doesn't fucking work. So like, don't, <laughs> if it's not gonna work, don't do it. So you wanna make sure that you pick a word that is either playful or or just like really benign, very like neutral and, and light. The other thing is you have to you have, both of you have to commit to never using it against each other. So for an example, um, the way that straight talk could have been used against one another would be if like one partner says like, I'm super maxed out, maybe I'm grieving, maybe um, some, I had a really, really hard day at work and the other person's like, yeah, well, I have straight talk, right? Where you're at, where you're, Instead of it being a gift and something you're doing to bring the two of you together, you're using it at the expense of your partner to get what you want. A way that noise check might be used in effect, or, you know, would be, let's say um, he was, he's like seeming overwhelmed or he's, yeah, seeming overwhelmed or he's in a fear pattern that she knows is a fear pattern. And if she was to look at him and be like, I think you need to do a noise check right now, right? That would that would be using the code word against your partner and it literally makes it a moot point. Um, it also makes your part, it's gonna, it's gonna have the exact opposite effect. It is going to f deepen distrust. It's gonna deepen resentment. It's going to um, d dig the, it's gonna dig in on the lack of safety. So please, 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 if you're gonna do this, Make sure you're doing it as a gift to connection and a gift to healing and a gift to the relationship that it's contributive and not punitive. <sighs> yeah, because because if you do it well, it's so it's it's such an awesome way to gamify collaboration and pattern interrupting stuff that's probably been corrosive and like not fun for either of you for a while. Um, so. Those are just like three examples of code words, how I love to use them, what's possible. You can do them for tiny things. You can you can start to do it for 
um, really, really big things that might be going on in the relationship. Um, and if you're new to it, I would say like start smaller. I'm a big, I think baby steps in relational growth are huge. I don't think relationship is like a, I don't think I, I, if you can start in the shallow end and move to the deep end, I would say do that. It's much gentler in our nervous systems. So if you want to start with something, start with something that's much lower stakes. You can get practice. You and your partner can watch each other being responsible with it. Um, that will start to deepen trust. And then you can start, inter- start introducing code words to higher stakes issues. Um, again, that's not the right way to do it. That's just a great way to, to, that's a great place to start and then grow into it. All right. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope that you take this forward. If, if you're not in a relation in a romantic relationship, I hope this plants a seed for some of the ways you could gamify your future relationship. Or if you're in one, I hope this kind of breathes some life and creativity into how you might play a little bit more with your partner in a way that deepens trust and fosters healing. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode. If you haven't yet, please take two minutes to write a five-star glowing review. It's the most powerful way you can help us grow. It boosts our visibility so that other beautiful weirdos and curious worldlings can find us and join the conversation. Until next time, please be ferociously you.